1: also with other interesting guests then listen to marketing school every weekday on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
2: hi there i'm bob pittman chairman and ceo of iheart media i'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast math and magic stories from the frontiers of marketing our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You always follow the, follow the
2: money. money. That's what I always say, you always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly
3: Howard on VSEN.
4: Welcome in. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino in 15 minutes. We'll recap last night's betting action in win some, lose some, bottom of the hour. Pat Forty and his reaction to the college football playoff committee show last night. Here, more NFL as Andrew Brandt is kind enough to join us here early on a Wednesday morning. The podcast is called Business of Sports Podcast. He's with Sports Illustrated and he also writes the Sunday 7 newsletter as well. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time today. How are you?
5: Good morning, guys. Good to be with you.
4: Yeah, Thank we you. we appreciate it. Um, so Josh McDaniels was fired late last night, like 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 11 o'clock p.m. out here. And originally, Andrew Mark Davis and the Raiders gave him a six-year contract. He can't even make it to the end of year two. We always hear about this, right? Well, we got to be patient. We got to give coaches their time. It was a new coach and a new GM then why do owners become so impatient and why are they so willing to give long contracts to begin with for guys who might be unproven?
5: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, the impatience thing seems to be a recent phenomenon in sports, all over sports, not just the NFL. And I think that's because so much money, obviously follow the money with the media contracts with player contracts. Teams aren't going to wait, uh, especially with a veteran quarterback like Garoppolo as opposed to developing a rookie. They're just not going to wait. And it is unfortunate, but as you noted, Josh McDaniels signs a six-year contract. We don't know all the details in the latter years, but he's a year and a half in, so that's four and a half years. Coaches do get guaranteed contracts, unlike players. It's, again, something that's been a staple of the NFL for so many years. And that's where we are. Let's just explain the guarantees. They're all offset guarantees. So, if and when Josh McDaniels over the next four and a half years gets a job in football, mm-hmm. the money will come off the Raiders' obligation. So, this happens with all these coaches they get fired, they end up somewhere else. Maybe they're not head coach, but they're making an income. But if we assume Josh McDaniels is making a few million dollars a year, he gets hired as an assistant next year somewhere for 400000 You know that's some money that helps the Raiders, but not a lot. So obviously to make this decision, the Raiders have to understand they're not only going to be paying off McDaniels, but his whole staff. And I don't know how long their contracts are, assuming they're going to get fired when the next coach comes in and brings his staff.
4: Sure. And, well, what what might be worse than this uh, at the pro level would be what happens in college athletics all the time. And when universities agree to the agent and the coach demanding, like, such a big deal in the buyout, and they agree to I mean, you look at some of this stuff across the country, like Jimbo Fisher, the buyout is more than $70 million dollars. Is this something that universities eventually are going to say, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm sorry. I mean, we love you as a candidate here to be our head coach, but we can't do that.
5: You know, it's just the leverage of top college coaches, to me, is just extraordinary. And again, you know, the, the part of this we haven't mentioned so far is the part I was before I went to the Packers 10 years, I was an agent. The agents have extraordinary power. There are some agents out there in college that represent A lot of the top college coaches, Saban and others, uh, and they've developed some power. And just like agents that represent top players, agents that represent top coaches get things for (laughs) these coaches that you wouldn't think otherwise they would get. The buyouts are extraordinary, and the feeling is always, hey, don't worry about the buyout. The other team will pay it, right? Mm -hmm. If a a coach is going to leave, the other team... I say team. The other college, sure, will figure figure out a way to compensate. And it's all that big business play. I mean, you look at what happened with Hunter uh, Riley at um, going from Oklahoma to USC. Uh, oh my God! I mean, the money involved in that transaction between what they paid him, the houses, the hundred million, the buyout—that's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, and of course, Caleb Williams came with the package, so that was part of the deal.
4: Yeah, for sure. Follow mm-hmm. the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Andrew Brandt, with the Sunday 7 newsletter, Business of Sports Podcast, with Sports Illustrated. As you mentioned, you were with Green Bay for a long time, so they made a move yesterday. Rasul Douglas is a really good cornerback, traded him to the Buffalo Bills, and uh, they're having a disappointing season uh, this year, to say the least. What do you project their offseason to look like, now that we're halfway through this season and where did you think like this team was going to be at this point with year 1 of Jordan Love?
5: Well, let's just make sure everyone knows. It's year 1 of Aaron Rodgers, 6 and 10. But we felt good. We felt good cuz mm-hmm. we had the guy. You know, we had the guy. And every team is searching for the guy. If you have the guy, then you feel like you can build the team around him, you can get going. The difference with this team compared to our team back then is that I was very careful managing the cap that we, we were not going to get into a situation where Brett Favre had a huge cap hole for us. Like I saw back in the day with John Elway and Troy Aikman and Dan Marino and Drew Bledsoe and all these quarterbacks leaving at that time, $15, 20000000 million holes on a much smaller cap. Now they have a $40 million hole with Aaron Rodgers. So this is a team that's not playing with a full deck right now for some reason. And we can all debate it. They went all in on Aaron last year and maybe Aaron was going to go to the Broncos. Maybe Aaron was going to leave the Packers. Maybe they're going to turn it over to Jordan love. No, they kept Aaron after two MVP years. They gave him a huge contract, which they got out of after one year and they're paying for it. So, Jordan Love makes whatever 4 million, Aaron Rodgers counts 42 million and they're playing with that. They also have the youngest uh, skill position group in the NFL by far. By far, no receivers, tight ends mm-hmm. not on rookie contracts. Aaron Jones the only skill player not on a rookie contract. So they're they're struggling because they just don't have the experience to compete right now. The thing you look for as a Packers fan, I tell everyone, they always ask me, improvement. And I know that hasn't shown lately, but let's talk in December. See if there's an improvement of that team towards the future and love is the guy. That's what everyone's going to look for. Yesterday, Packers love a trade for high picks. <laughs> they always have. Even if they were undefeated, mm-hmm. I wouldn't see the Packers going after veterans at the trade deadline. They are a draft-and-developed team, a third-round pick for a player they got off the scrap heap a couple years ago. I'm sure they couldn't turn that down. I know fans are Mm -hmm. frustrated, but they're building.
3: You mentioned earlier the big business, the guaranteed contracts, and the astronomical buyouts. Staying on that point, does the NBA have a big problem where it's, I get my money and then I want out? And your, your thought of what just happened with Lillard and Harden now?
5: Crazy because we've talked about ways in sports business to limit this problem, and the NBA has this is not new to them, as everyone knows. What they've done is they've done collective bargaining agreements that give supermaxes with advantages for players to stay on their own team. Mm -hmm. Again, let me repeat advantages. Of 20, 30, 50, 60, 80, 100 million dollars to stay on your own team. And these players are saying, nah, I don't wanna. <laughs> you know, turning down, this started with Anthony Davis. He left, I don't know, 90 million on the plate in New Orleans. And this is what players are doing the money is not keeping them where they are. And the power of these stars is shown again and again, and, and we can talk about GMs standing up to these guys, but what are you going to do? What are you going to I want everyone to sort of think about if you're the GM of Portland or Philadelphia, what are you going to do? Like, you're just going to sit, you're going to sit, you're, you're just going to have him alienate your team and alienate fans and infect your young players yeah. by not wanting to be there. So I understand it. Uh, I wish there was a solution, but James Harden did it for the third time. I tweeted he will go down in business of sports history <laughs> as the best player GM ever because he has extricated himself from three situations simply by being a pain in the butt. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and that- he, He's got the talent to do it, I guess.
4: Yeah. That is absolutely accurate. You can follow Andrew on X. He's at Andrew Brent. Get the podcast, the sports business, uh, the business of sports podcast. He's with Sports Illustrated as well. Andrew, thanks for the time today. We appreciate that.
5: Always enjoy it, guys. Thanks.
4: Well done, sir. Yeah,
3: nothing you can do. Oh uh, well, Yeah, well, you need leadership, and that's where you need Silver to come in and say, guys, knock it off. You can't do this. I mean, the Lillard thing was, Lillard takes the money, and then oh, I want out, and it, uh, it's Miami, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Now, the GM played it beautifully for Portland. But this, I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing here? So well, stop with the public trade demands. Cut it out. Please. It, I'm not saying honor the entire contract. But you have guys who are have a four- or five-year deal, and after two years, they're one out.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Harden does this now every single year. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, really awful look. But he doesn't care. He's going to be, you know, what what is his net worth? $200, 300000000 million? million? A lot of the dancers have that. I mean, sure. Yep. I'm yep. sure he's blown a lot of it over the years, but he's led a pretty damn good life. Yeah. No doubt. A fun one on top of that. Sure. So, I mean,
3: Andrew's right, though. I mean, I'm also damned if you do, damned if you don't. He could hurt our young players, threaten not to play, half ass it. I mean, to think a guy would do that, though. Harden would just go out there and not try. Oh, yeah. And that's like, well, there's nothing I can do then. yeah, I can't put him out of here. For sure. He's forced my hand. And so.
4: by the way, Paul, uh. one player in the NBA means so much overall. One really good player can be you, yeah. irreplaceable. And then you saw
3: the Clippers' reaction. Ballmer and every, the players are excited to have him. So we'll see what it looks like.
4: We'll recap last night's betting action with Winsome Some coming up on Follow the Money. It's Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
0: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the marketing school podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States.
2: Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning! Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser. Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in winsome,
3: losesome. All right, a doozy last night in the association. Spurs plus two forty. Forget about that. How about sixty to one in play? Fifty to one in play in that range. They're down fifteen in the fourth quarter. Came back to win on the road. Wembanyama tips one in. They're down four late, and then
4: they get Durant turns it over. They lay it in and win the game. That's exactly how it happened. I can't believe it. Turn the ball over on a full-court press. The Suns did up by one. They're sitting there in disbelief. Spurs go right to the basket to score on a layup, and bam, that's the game. Yeah, down 20 in the second half, down
3: 15 in the fourth quarter. They win the game. Vogel was livid, said Durant got fouled. Durant says, I just got to hold on to the ball, and they're going to follow me. But incredible win for the Spurs. Knicks, plus one, went off the favorite, routed the Cavs ton of guys out for Cleveland. What are you going to do? It's the NBA. Texas Rangers, they do it again. Set the record. Ten in a row on the road in the playoffs. Also, the first time a team hit for a cycle in an inning since the Braves in 1991 in the World Series against the Twins. What are the ratings going to look like for this one? Another blowout
4: game was over in the third inning. I mean, back-to-back innings with uh, five runs in each, and uh, both innings happened with two two outs. Smoltz was uh, just like in amazement last night. And I don't blame him. I love Smoltz, by the way.
3: He's great. I think he's awesome. All the runs with two outs, and uh, they win again. They can wrap it up tonight. Seeger to go deep, plus 330. And if you're holding MVP tickets, wow, especially if those are uh, big prices, you're sitting pretty. Toledo, Buffalo under. 53 down to 47 and a half. And the Kings plus 140. How about Mark Messier on the broadcast? The game was on ESPN saying, if there's ever a way you can find a way to coach through this or come out of a way to win a game after a five-game road trip or longer, you'd be rich, he said. I mean, he's right. He he, he knows about the Malinsky special. Basically talking about it, yeah. And he said it doesn't matter the sport. But the Maple Leafs were back after this long road trip. They come back. They're dead. It's two nothing early Kings. You were watching the broadcast live?
4: Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. He's dressed up
3: like Elvis. You know, he's he's doing the Halloween thing, uh, right?
4: Yeah. Well, I know that uh, great, great timing and and great point by Messi, but he knows. VEASAN viewer Chris Belm has been tweeting this out the entire year now. He's tracking. It's early on in the season, so you're not going to have a lot of examples so far, but he's doing this based on the Malinsky special and the Kings were a winner last night.
3: Subscribe, be part of the team. com, our radio and podcast friends. You always want to see these tweets and videos. Randy McKay did it again. Pro sports, better, advantage player, v fan. He's been on the show many times. He came to Circa, in and out, bank job. Had to pop in. He hit a Royale with cheese for $5 again. Right here, $20,000. It's the second time he's done it in, in less than a year. And the last oh, time. A couple months. Yeah, he came in August and he walked across the street and popped them for another $8,000. Nuts. Congratulations to McKay. How about Wembenyama yesterday? Pretty good game. He was there with the rebounds and the blocks. Had four blocks. Turnovers again. He showed up as a slender man. I mean, that that's certainly a great costume. And at 7-5, he is slender man. Yeah, there's a the high five. How you doing? Right? Excellent. Great. Lose some. Sun Spurs under. 229.5 down to 225.5. Northern Illinois from three up to six and a half. Lost at Central Michigan. One lose some. In light of the news, at 2 in the morning Eastern Time how about this decision from the league Jets and Raiders stays
4: Sunday night they didn't flex out of it I the, mean what the, are they doing this is the worst job I can ever remember from the NFL yeah usually they're aggressive and they've added more rules to where they can actually do it more often right and, and, with, and they're with like anything No, nah, right. we're going to dial it back we're going to be more conservative here and uh, not change we like the schedule so far yeah. I like what people were pointing out last night, by the way, like on, on X. They're saying this has nothing to do with the New York media market. The NFL didn't care about no. about the Jets before Rodgers got there. Oh, absolutely. The Jets, be anywhere. Jets were never in prime time. E- no, ever. No, no. No reason never. to put them
3: on. No. Other games available. 49ers, Jaguars, Lions, Chargers. Uh, Ravens, Browns, to name a few.
4: You had so many options. My God. And you give us this, you stick with this crap team fired their coach that's They've an eight major... job so far uh, by the well, NFL this year
3: well they have until what next Tuesday to flex out of Minnesota and Denver one bad beat Toledo Buffalo over again it went from 53 there was heavy snow and then you know died down but then yeah uh but anyways no points scored in the fourth quarter and it lands uh 44 all four major sports going on great action every night there's no better time to be a sports better. Sign up now. Get our full VEASAN Pro access. Everything we do through May 1st for $120. Daily best bets. Limited access to the betting splits. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Sign up now. All right. There you go. Great job, guys. And again, you wake up to the news. Second day in a row where there's a big either trade or uh, big news, breaking news in the world of sports. And that was at 2 a.m. Eastern with Gruden. Excuse me, Gruden. Uh, McDaniels and Ziegler. Coach GM gone, let go. Davis had seen enough. Nine hours after the trade deadline, and also as our friend Paul Charchian tweeted out, you just you still got to pay Gruden and also Mayock, who you let you let go as well. So to tie in with Andrew Brandt with the
4: guarantee. So yeah, uh, McDaniel's had a six-year deal, year and a half out. Maybe this job looks attractive if they lose enough games and they're in a spot to. I don't know, land Caleb Williams or Drake May or a stud quarterback in the draft. It is a loaded draft this yeah. year at that position, and then maybe some I, people are throwing out Jim Harbaugh. I, you know, this this thing might be nothing might happen to Jim Harbaugh. Who knows? Probably not. I, you
3: know, is right? is I it mean, against
4: the rules? I, you know, what's the NC two A going to do? Not, right at some point I soon, mean, we're going to. Like, college football is going to break away from the NCAA. I
3: read that the Michigan lawyers are like, no rule was broken. Who cares? Sure. They offer him, you know, offer him whatever he wants. Let's lock him up and keep him
4: here. Make him a life con- so lifetime right. contract right now. Make it happen. He'll And then he'll stay. And then draw a line through him to come to the Raiders. Uh-huh. But if they land, huh. if they're in position in the draft and they lose enough games again to get a good quarterback, then yes. What if they win six, seven games? And they're picking 13th in the draft. I know.
3: Ideally, I I'd get a top five pick. I do whatever I can to get Caleb Williams. And if I do that, maybe I try to get Lincoln Riley. And just, and finally, uh, won't don't let him give, don't give him power. Address the defense, fix that. Cause you know what the Raiders will look like offensively with Williams and pieces. And certainly that's what Lincoln Riley knows. And if I'm Riley, I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. We just showed the rankings with college football. Those teams are now going to the Big Ten. Mm hmm. So what's that conference going to look like? Think about that. It's Penn State. It's Ohio State. It's Michigan. It's USC. It's UCLA. It's Oregon. It's Washington. The
4: good news is, starting next year, you're going to be able to have a couple losses, maybe three losses, still get in. Yeah. Like, that's going to... We're not going to have 12 teams with zero or one loss.
3: I also have an NFL schedule, though. And then also have to factor in the travel.
4: I I think that also... I think maybe Lincoln Riley prefers to be in college more than the NFL... Maybe I could be dead wrong about that. I get the feeling like this is where he knows that he could thrive in terms of, because he's going to bring in the thing is again, this guy can land whoever he wants at the college level. That changes once, once you get to the NFL. You know you don't have Oh yeah, oh yeah, you don't have the transfer portal now anymore, and you can't recruit five-star no. kids coming out of the wazoo.: And it's not a good track record with the college NFL jump either,
3: but in any event, um, you, you got to get this right. You can't keep screwing it up from the draft. starts with the GM. Got to get a head coach. Can't keep changing coaches. It's eight times under Mark Davis. I would argue that. Since he that. became owner. And in your, you, you inherited a playoff team, McDaniels. A lot of people said, why? I don't get it. The Brady could. Why does he get credit for being the OC with Tom Brady? Ridiculous. Well, he never will anymore beyond and, this. Well, you, you, but you saw it was how bad it went in Denver. And this guy, when it comes to evaluating talent, thought Tebow could play in the league. Not only that, moved up to get him in the first round. But it was elevate, take us to the next level. You went ten and seven, lost last play of the game against the, and then it's just been right into the ground. And some of the decisions he's made, X's and O's, who, I mean, the off. It's just it's
4: it's hideous to watch. This offense is so bad. People are chiming in right now. We're going to do the pizza bets tomorrow. Just too much stuff going on today. We made a case for Aiden O'Connell at some point. We did. August. We have the tickets. We, we have the, t- the tickets yeah, uh, for rookie of the year. Yeah, it's Pe- his. people are saying he's three hundred to one right now. What if he comes in? I, uh, he's got a lot. I mean, it's half the season to work with now. He's gonna have to overcome what CJ Stroud has done and others. Like, can he overtake Stroud? Can he overtake? I think it's too late. Puka right? He's got to put up big numbers. He's and gonna. You yes. got to win
3: games though, too. You can't just put up big numbers and go four and thirteen and say, okay, here you go. I mean, you got to win games, and that's oh. easier said than done. But he's gonna get a lot of credit if they look good and they win and, and score. I mean, they're 30th in points per game. They're last in rushing and 31st in total offense, and you're coming off a game where Adams had one catch. What do you want to do with the game this week against the Giants? I got to I gotta see more. I got to find out what's – I can't – What's who's calling the plays? What is Antonio Pierce going to do? Game plan, and, and he has no uh, – he's been in the league for a year and a half. That's another thing.
4: He has no experience do you, himself. Do you agree with my assessment the Giants are going to go off the favorite here? I don't think that'll happen. You don't think so? Nah, not based on what happened Sunday, no. Even though it was Tyron well, and DeVito, What has but. happened with the Raiders? Yeah. Again, this is not a home field advantage for well, the team. people keep using the word embarrassing. I mean, it was 26 to 14. The whole year has they, been embarrassing.
3: Yeah, but it's, you, you missed Adams wide open. That's more on Garoppolo,
4: it wasn't it? It is. What the, what the Giants did was embarrassing. We'll get Pat Forty's reaction to the first college football committee show coming up next here on VSIN.
3: Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use promo code FOLLOW when you sign up. Great creativity and menu, as always. DraftKings
4: Sportsbook, the crown is yours. The great Pat Forty joins the program now. Does a a tremendous job covering college football and hoops for Sports Illustrated. He's on X by Pat Forty. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for the time, as always. We appreciate it. You can, after one committee show, as always, you can (laughs) smell the controversy a month out because it's already going to be best team or most deserving. And then, well, head-to-head matters. Does it? Like I get it. You have Texas over Alabama, but did you forget about Oklahoma beating Texas? You're, you're you you rank them two spots behind the Longhorns. Yeah,
7: oh yeah. No, no. I, the yes, the battle lines are being drawn and we'll see whether the committee has consistency or whether they just kind of waffle around. And then I'm okay with they waffle around because these these rankings are meaningless. Mm-hmm, We've talked mm-hmm. about that for years, haven't we? That you know, this is a TV show they put on that really Shouldn't matter other than to get people upset uh, and to get eyeballs on ESPN. So, you know, but this is going to be yeah, fascinating. Michigan has played nobody. They basically have a two-game season, Penn State and Ohio State. Georgia so far has played almost nobody. Now that's going to change. They've got three straight ranked opponents coming and an SEC championship game. But there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing over exactly what you mentioned, best versus most deserving. I test versus resume. And then the other thing that stuck out to me guys was, uh, you know, they just slotted everybody by how many losses you have. You know, there was no real consideration of, well, they played a better schedule mm-hmm. or any of that. Yeah. The five undefeated power five teams are one through five. The eight un- one loss power five teams are six through 13. And then you get to the <laughs> two lost teams. It's like there's no nuance here at all. They were done and eating their steak and cream corn down there at the Gaylord, uh, a resort by like 5 p.m. I guarantee it.
3: Yeah. Well done. Well done, sir. Absolutely. And the other thing we we have, I don't know what they're going to do with this either, but you can see this coming. Is it going to be best win or best loss? How they're going to do that and how hairy this could get.
7: Yeah, for sure. Because that's where, you know, like uh, Alabama has a good loss to Texas, but it was at home. Oklahoma's loss isn't as good. It was to Kansas. Uh, you know, Louisville has beaten Notre Dame but also lost to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that that's always going to be kind of, I think, uh, uh, a dividing point there. Usually they end up going with better wins over losses, but you, but you never know.
3: Right, sure. And also where I'm going with this, too, also is if the un- undefeated happens to lose a close game against a good oppo- opponent by, like, three points with all that, uh, that scenario as well.
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, well, right. I mean, because we're going to have that. Obviously, we have five undefeated. Now the most we can have is four amongst the power five because yeah. Ohio State and Michigan to play each other. And, yeah, how does that game go down and, and where do those teams stand will be very important.
3: Well, I encourage everyone to listen to your podcast. Oh, great All right. job, as always, Sports Illustrated and also the College Football Inquirer. What do you make of the Michigan man and uh, sign-stealing guy, as McIlwain called him, this is the the stuff that comes out by the day. What a fiasco here.
7: It's incredible. I mean, like for those of us in the talking business, it just it's the gift that keeps giving. It's you know, I mean one absurd storyline after another. This is the craziest. And something frankly I have never seen or heard of in covering the sport for like thirty some years. Wow. To have this guy show up basically incognito on the sideline at central Michigan, wearing the gear, getting a bench pass, which is not easy. uh, You know, and McElwain like, Oh, we don't know what happened. Well, somebody knew. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody knew. And it stands to reason. Everybody knew to me because coaches as paranoid as they are, if you're going to have a complete stranger walking around your bench area for three hours, you're going to say, wait a minute, who is this and why are they here? You probably know ahead of time who it is and why they're there. So Central Mm. Michigan now has been dragged into this, and they've got some explaining to do.
4: Wow. Don't you think the photos here are just the tip of the iceberg? I mean, once the Internet really does its job uh, and gets to work on this, don't you think other stuff is going to get unserviced about this guy? Who knows how many games he attended? Well, we think we know the tickets that he bought, right? But how many games was he actually sitting there behind the coaching staff?
7: Yeah, I mean, that's the next question. You know, the one thing, I, I, we believe he's actually been on the sidelines for the Michigan games because they need him to steal the signs, mm-hmm. you know. So what other games could he get to on a Thursday or Friday, you know, and still be at the Michigan games? I don't know. That was the easy thing here. The game was in East Lansing, and then Michigan's home opener was in Ann Arbor the next day. So you could make that work. But, yeah, I mean, I'll be shocked if there aren't just, yes, Fans, but also coaching staffs that were ticked off, scouring all kinds of video. Like, where else has this scrapper been? You know, let's find out. Yeah. Uh, like, it's all, you, you already saw how fast it was that it came out from these other schools. Oh yeah, we sold them tickets. I mean, people want it out there. There's no doubt.
3: Absolutely. So the committee said, well, not we're not going to consider it. It doesn't factor in. It, w- is there a punishment here that could be handed down from the NC two A, or is it just, hey, don't do this again?
7: Oh, there could be a punishment. It could be significant, but it's not going to happen this year. Uh, yes. You know, I think I, I think this season is going to play out like the Cam Newton season at Auburn, where it's like, mm. yeah, we're under investigation. We don't care. We're rolling. Try and stop us. Yeah. And so, you know, the Big Ten would really be the only entity, I think, that could step forward this year. Uh, and say, you know, we have 13 angry members and we feel like we, you know, we need to suspend somebody. We need to declare some of your wins, no contests or forfeits, but I don't see that happening either. First of all, you get on the phone to Fox, your broadcast partner and say, yeah, we're going to basically take Michigan out of playoff contention. They're going to have a stroke. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, they don't, they don't want that, Um you know, and, and, and like the controversy that will be involved in a commissioner who's been on the job for six months, has no campus history, is a TV guy. For him to step up and say, yeah, you know what? We're nuking Michigan. I just don't see that happening. But there's 13 other schools in the conference that wouldn't mind seeing it happen. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Great points. Um, Okay, let me run one. By the way, let me tie this in, too. The immediate reaction last night, Pat, after Josh McDaniels got fired from the Raiders, this happened at 2 o'clock Eastern time in the morning, uh, was Harbaugh's going to leave Michigan as soon as this year's over with to take the job. I don't see that that, I mean, I would, despite what you just said, and, you know, maybe something does happen in Michigan, I think they're going to try whatever they can to lock this guy down for like a lifetime contract, don't you?
7: Yeah, that's going to be fascinating because there was word yesterday from Michigan people that, that, yeah, they're they're putting the contract in front of him and getting this thing done now. And they're on, look, I woke up the text at 6 a.m. saying, I'm going to dig into this and see if the Raiders are sending a signal that we want Harbaugh. Um, huh. so that's from people who, who, who work in the NFL, cover the NFL, whatever. Uh, but yes, is this now a race to get Harbaugh? I, I don't know. Um, the, but the belief is that Michigan is basically seen enough, read enough that, that does not implicate Harbaugh. And it's like, Hey, we're going and we're going to make him even richer. Kind of like the way Kansas gave Bill self, the lifetime contract in the middle of the investigation there. So, yes. Uh, do, do the Raiders want in? And, yes, was that part of the timing of this? Mm. Is there hearing that Harbaugh is close to getting a deal with
3: Michigan? Two minutes left, sir. And as you mentioned, it's rolling on the field for Michigan, not the case for Dabo Sweeney. And as you wrote with Sports Illustrated here, he, he's got to change. He has to adapt. Now, whether or not you like what the caller said or or Dabo's response, you make $11 million and how about the bandwagon comment two weeks ago, too? So now you're 7-7 seven and seven in your last 14 games. Again, his buyout's like $60 million, so here we go with this. But, Will, do you think he will change and adapt as you wrote?
7: I think he has to, um, and I think he eventually will. I mean, I think they have to get into the transfer portal. Um, he's got to view that NIL uh, staff building differently in – you know, welcome to the 21st century. Yeah. I, I don't think it's Dabo's favorite century by any stretch, but that's the one he's living in. And yeah, he, I mean, his comments, clearly he is super defensive. He's angry, but he's got to face the facts. And I think he eventually will. And I, I wrote, there's historical precedent to be on top and be mm-hmm. riding high hit a trough and then come back. Now you've got to be an all-time great great coach to do it. You've got to be a Woody Hayes, a Barry Switzer, a Tom Osborne, you know, that, I mean, there's a small number of people that have been able to do it, and we'll see whether Dabo's good enough and adaptable enough.
4: Yep, the podcast is awesome. Again, you can get it wherever you listen to your podcast. It's called the College Football Inquirer. Follow Pat on X. He's at by Pat 40 You can read him at Sports Illustrated. We love talking to you, Pat. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that.
7: My pleasure, guys. Have a good uh, weekend of football.
4: Yep, hey, Thank you, you too. sir. And uh, usually he goes to a game every weekend he said too many games this weekend can't miss anything going to stay at home yep well All done right. that's that's the right play this weekend i okay up next we have in pocket plays i'm going to have a bet today that's nearly 2 to 1 on the payout and also i came up with a scenario in college football where paulie would probably blow a gasket i think it's realistic i think it could happen and he would not be the only one losing his mind i'll run that by you coming up next
5: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Roll Tide, y'all. One of the huge big games coming up Saturday night. I will take Alabama lane three at home against LSU. I think it's out of control. For Saban, now Saban has never lost at Alabama to the same quarterback back-to-back years. Drew Brees got him when he was at Michigan State. How you, LSU can't stop anything? I, I'm baffled. I don't get it. Now I, I don't like this Alabama team uh, compared to years prior, and, and also from an offensive standpoint. I think they'll make enough plays offensively. How can you not? And you get, you're going to score against LSU. And the, re, the revenge and buy angle with Saban, he'll have them ready to go. And I, I'm, I'm stunned at this. I'll take Bama Lane 3 at home in the big
4: one Saturday night. A couple of things that I would uh, take away from that. One, we had nothing but dominance from Alabama for 10 years in this conference. Yep. For the most part, right? And I just I could never stand how SEC fans would hitch their wagon. Oh, sure. I never understood that. You're a fan of another team in the conference. You don't get to you don't reap the rewards from another team's success. You want to hate that team. You don't root for that team. You don't stand on their shoulders and say you're tall. I'm a Wisconsin Badgers fan my entire life. You think I'm rooting for Ohio State or yeah. Michigan to win it's the ridiculous. national title? Get ridiculous. out of here with that. Number two, the quarterback play in the SEC for a long time was awful. Yep. Absolutely awful. Until Alabama figured out we can't do this with guys like Greg McElroy anymore. I like Greg McElroy. I think he's an awesome like TV personality. He's been on this show a couple times. Um, you, you get my point. Saban changed, though. He adapted. That's what I'm saying. Eventually, it's right. like, we gotta, we got to yeah, get up the right. times here. Lane Kiffin, number one, OC. So those are my two takeaways from that. You have some pennies.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, here. Chargers lane one and a half against the Jets. On the move, ticked up. Trust them Monday night. Falcons lane four against the Vikings. Up to five and a half. It's going to be Hall. That's official from Minnesota. Bengals lane two Sunday night against the Bills. And a good one. Good luck out there. Now, that's Let's what a Sunday
4: night game should look like in uh, the NFL. Correct, correct. Okay. Numbers last year when they played in the playoffs. It was a five-game series. Nikola Jokic averaged 26.2 points per game, 12.4 rebounds and nine assists against the T-Wolves. He had two triple-doubles in the five games. Uh, In the regular season, here are his three games, 20, 12, and 16, 31, 11, and 13. And the third game, he only had 24, 7, and 9. But last year combined, it was four triple-doubles in a combined eight games. He's plus 190. I bet it was a little bit higher than this last night. Plus 190 is still available on Nikola Jokic to have a triple-double. I have to still bet it when they're at this price. I have to do it. If he loses tonight, the next game that comes out, if he's $2, I'll bet it again. So plus 190 on Jokic to have a triple-double in this game for the Nuggets. All right. Pending, Chiefs minus 2.5 in Germany against the Dolphins. Bengals plus 1.5 against the Bills And the look-ahead number. Giants plus the 3 against the Raiders. That number is now moving as well. Become
3: a Vsin Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the vsincom slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, who has the hot hand. Huge for guys like Nigel as well. Easy to find and navigate. Pro picks, betting splits, dog videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now. Get access to everything we do through May
4: 1st for $120. slash subscribe. Go get them. Tomorrow's show also equally loaded as today. Uh, so much news to get into uh, today from last night and yesterday. But on the show, Mike Palm is going to be with us. Nigel Seeley might be in studio tomorrow. Yes. he's it. He gets to, well, yeah, he's getting to Las Vegas late tonight. You too? Friday. Spear. Yeah. Goody gumdrops. So, we we got to get into Survivor. Mike Palm is so good on the contest here at Circa. And which team do you think will be the most popular team? And I think you get a pretty good gauge of, like, what's popular here at Circa is also kind of the same team that we get from other Survivor contests across the country. Is it going to be Cleveland against Clayton Toon? Will it be the Saints
1: mm-hmm. against Badgett, Tyson yeah.
4: Badgett and the Bears? Yeah. Will it be a team like Atlanta? If, it's, if Heineke goes for the Falcons... Or the it, Ravens. It's going to be Jaron. No? <laughs> Too risky? The way they're playing? All right. All right, go ahead. I don't know if I'd want to fade a team like Seattle. Yeah, that's how you feel if you get knocked out. Understood. Right, when there might be some other... I know. This is actually, again, a week where you're not going to have a lot of, like... Great teams or elite teams available, what you're going to do is trying to figure out which team is the worst team that you want to yeah, play against.
3: But this went from just one option to now it's opened
4: up a little now bit. Now we might have three or four options yeah, here. And, and, and then, it's
3: certainly I know PJ Walker, but Cleveland needs a win and it's Clayton too.
4: So do you think gas me up? Okay, so on the games that we just talked about, if you were to play a leave the Baltimore game out for a second here. If you were to play a three team money line parlay this week with Atlanta going against Minnesota, with the Browns going against Clayton Toon and the Cardinals, and the other game would be the Saints. Are you confident that that three-team money line parlay cashes? If or are it, we going to get survivor Armageddon?
3: No, if it's if it's Heineke, I feel great about it, Cash. Great? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what what are you going to get realistically, points from Toon and Hall? What
4: are you going to well, accomplish? Because I can already tell you It's got to be turnovers from the other team. How many entries do you have left here at Circle? Two. I'm down to one here at Circa and the conversation this week is going to be the longest conversation we're going to have the entire year. I, I, I will already predict that. And we're going to go back and forth on probably those three teams. So? And it's going All to right. be decided on which team. Cause I sent out like uh, the first message of the week the the first response I got was uh, we need to probably go consider going against Jaron Hall. Here we go. So, <laughs> right. 1200 people left. It's only 9 million. How about those three teams lose this weekend? Uh-huh. And Survivor's going to be down to four teams. That's right. Yep.
3: I've been sitting on this for a couple days. And the sad news, and you told me about it Sunday. And then I continue to read, and it's just more and more. And then I was talking to guys behind the glass here as well, and I know Mikhail, who does a great job, was shook up as well. Well, he said that
4: his show growing up was Friends. Yeah, Matthew
3: Perry passed away over the weekend, and he was 54 years old. And I was not aware of the backstory, but, you know, that was growing up. And, I mean, forget growing up, but in college, in the mid-90s, Friends was it. You had Friends and Seinfeld back-to-back on Thursdays. Friends was a juggernaut. Oh, it was a machine back then. And those those guys made a ton of money, as I'll explain in a second, but that was a huge show. That was when network television was it. And you were making $3 million an episode, the whole cask, what it was. But you were telling me the backstory... And I knew he had
4: a a pill problem. Oh my God. I think it stems from a jet skiing accident. It it is. And then so it just took off after that. And like the first, and it sucks, man. I I like that dude. I thought he was a really good actor. I thought Chandler Bing was uh, a very good character on Friends. I thought he was the best character on the entire show. Mm -hmm. I loved his wit and his sarcasm. Um, And like beyond that, I thought he was a good actor. The first story that I read to go back and look. At one point, New York Post had this. At one point, he's popping 55 Vicodins a day? He proposed. How do you not die instantly?
3: This Right. This gal, well, they asked him what it cost him. Because he was taking, I mean, do the math. 55 pills a day. He said it cost him $9 million and 15 surgeries on his stomach. He proposed under the influence of 1,800 milligrams. No recollection. So he asked, him, then he, he goes, what happened? And the gal's like, you proposed, we're engaged. Let's start our life together. He went through with it. He goes, boy, this is awkward. I, I wasn't sober. I have no idea who you are and what. He filmed three episodes. Uh, three three, three, three seasons, seasons. Three seasons of the hit show. Doesn't recall. Also was drinking, too. Yeah. he Wouldn't I think, drink on the set. But he would get the shakes from time to time. He did three seasons. He can't recall of the show.
4: I think he said that. If you were to sit down with him and watch individual seasons of Friends, he could tell you what he was on that year.
3: Oh, my God. But he was, and then he was taking the private jet. I'll go see this doctor. I'll try to see this guy. I mean, imagine how hard it is. Who's writing a prescription for the? How is he getting this many pills? The paperwork you have to do just to get like 30 uh, Vicodin or Oxycontin now. What's happening? This guy was doing 55 a day? Well, I mean, just the Hollywood connections, I'm guessing. Oh, my God. When I got but it's the... like, I'm a, I, No, he, he had a house here. He had a house here. He had a cottage here. He, yeah. $9 million, he said, it cost him the drug addiction.
4: How much he was you told, have to spend on pills? And... I think what got him off the Oxycontin the one time was the doctor said, you're going to have to wear a colostomy bag for the rest of your life. He goes, that'll do it for me then. I'm done. I got, I was in a pretty bad car accident like uh, six years ago. Engine was cracked in half. Had a couple of surgeries. They gave me Oxycontin and uh, muscle relaxers. The, I had to run around town. I couldn't even tell you how many spots. Uh, I know you got the prescription here, sir. We can't give you the Oxycontin or we're out of Oxycontin. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's it, this is impossible to get? I had to go to like seven, eight spots to finally get it. And I tried it. I'm like, uh, this is, I, I hated it. Do the math.
3: 55 times seven, you know, 30,
4: 30 days in a month. I, 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 so in 55 a day? How are you getting that? If you miss any Whoa. of the show search follow the money wherever you get your podcast best of luck betting tonight we're back tomorrow we'll see you
0: mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferrera the wait is over guys all stars for is